0: Before we start today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone you still have until June 5th to get your applications into this year's Eddie Adams workshop. So go ahead and make those final adjustments to your portfolio so you can present your best work to hopefully get chosen to be part of this year's special 100. See you this October. Today we have a pretty impressive guest for everyone. I know they made a huge impression on me when I took over for the Eddie Adams Workshop social media. They were some of the first posts I saw uh, were them teaching workshop seminars on lighting. Um, And I was just blown away about the attention to detail he was sharing with everyone. And not only that, his work, his collection of work is just beyond incredible um he's worked from everyone from hbo the la times sports illustrated nike the list goes on but what's even more incredible is his story about him and his family coming to this country um i definitely want to learn more about that and i'm sure you do too as we bring that up without further ado let's welcome Alexis Charisma. Well, Alexis, uh, thank you for joining us. And again, welcome to the podcast.
1: No, of course, not. thank you for having me, it's a pleasure.
0: And so uh, my first uh, introduction to you wasn't in person. It's when I had the opportunity to take over uh, the Eddie Adams workshop, social media. And uh, I saw your posts were actually where the workshop was highlighting your work and you did a lighting seminar was incredible. And I was just blown away um, uh, of your ability and just not just the talent that you were working with, but uh, the vision that you use them to really highlight uh, these athletes at their peak or and at their best. And then fast forward, uh, I get to the workshop this last year, and I'm standing out at uh, at the back of the house. And then you walk up right beside me. And like internally, I didn't show it, uh, or externally I didn't show but internally I was freaking out a little bit because again I'm so impressed and and awe inspired by your work and you're right here in front of me uh, and I'm now able to, yeah, I was able to have a conversation and and finally befriend you and so um, I, I don't know why I, I felt like I needed to share that because <laughs> no, it, it was you. setting this up and so today sort of coming full circle being able to sit down with you going digging a little bit deeper about who you are uh, and to share that with the community is incredible. So, but with that, I I like to start out with what are some of your earliest, uh, I guess, memories with photography, Uh, whether it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be like when you first picked up a camera but um, it could be a family member um, that may have shot or took pictures or a birthday or something like that. Do you have any kind of early memories like that? I do, you know,
1: and it's nothing of what I, I create or do with photography. One of my earliest memories uh, of photography has to be, um, I had to be around five because it was when I was still in Nicaragua and I came here when I was six, but I, my, my birthday is in the end of July, July 28th. And I came here, uh, my, my mom and my brother arrived to the U.S. like August 11th or August 14th. So a lot of memories that I have are probably around, around when I'm five. And my my first memory of photography um, was I my mom, uh, initially my dad had to leave my mom, my myself and my older brother for about a year and a half uh, to flee Nicaragua to come here to seek political asylum because uh, uh, Nicaragua was, was in a, a civil war in the 80s. Oh, wow. And it just was not a bright future um for anyone there because what the 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 government was doing at that time was if if you had any children that were that were boys and they looked like they were old enough to use a rifle they would take them to fight in the army in the civil war that is insane um, so that's what my dad was facing with with two with two with two uh, boys uh so yeah he left uh, around 87 though and i say 87 88 uh for about a year and a half two years it, it took him you know t- to um come to the United States and get political asylum and then get enough money for my mother and my brother and myself to, to, um, to come here. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that is because my first memory of like photography and camera was uh, seeing my mom, being able to get uh, a roll of film and being really excited uh, not to take photos of, of me or my brother, uh, but, but it was so she could take photographs of uh, the bullet holes in the car and in the house so she could send them back to my dad so we could make uh, a greater case to get political asylum and for us to come to the United States. So I uh, I just remember my mom uh yeah just getting excited to um being able to get the role of film and then just her like taking the photographs of like uh of uh of like the the bullet holes in the in the car and uh in you know the Jeep down and in the house and stuff like that to be able to uh, make that the case for for political asylum. So it's nothing uh nothing creative. Uh, you know like what i do nothing um artistic or anything like that so more uh i guess uh factual or evident yeah
0: well uh, i feel like that to me personally that really resonates and so uh as a photographer in the air force a lot of it uh spent as a combat photographer like on deployments um uh, sometimes the stuff we do or a lot of times the stuff we do isn't necessarily sexy you know we're not always uh always, depending on who we're attached to, going on uh, patrols, we're not doing night raids, Um, all that stuff is very specific when you go out uh, to certain units, but there's a lot of times to where you have these officers, you have these leaders, where when I was sent out, for instance, um, to support operations in Syria, There, when I first got there, essentially there was not much. Not, I mean, there was a fest tent. A, it was like a festival-sized tent to where there was two hundred bunk beds, um, no AC, like just with carpets over sand. And that's where essentially everyone who operated there was sleeping and staying. And so uh, they were sending up daily, weekly reports uh, back to the the command center. And they were like, "Okay, great. You know, y'all are doing great with what you have. That's fantastic. Keep doing great. Uh, We support you. And then but us there were like, this is horrible. Like, I know there's like a standard for being deployed and supporting the mission, but um, this is just not a great way of life. Uh, for what we need to do to be able to be uh, usable during the day, you know, to be able to get a good night's sleep. And so for me, uh, the pictures, uh, I went out one day, I just took pictures of everything, our conditions, um, and packaged them up, gave them to the leader, and they sent them up. And within uh, 48 hours, we got a response that they were sending hardened shelters uh, for us to be able to sleep in. They were sending uh, air conditioned units because as we were getting towards summer, it was going to be hotter. They were sending us. Uh, just a lot of amenities to where, again, those pictures, uh, they were able to actually uh, see, they were able to see it, they were able to envision it, and it inspired influenced them uh, to take what was also on paper, and to make a decision to better support other human beings. Uh, Because uh, when I think when you can see conditions like that, and it's not favorable, you wouldn't want your own family in something like that. Sometimes that visual can really help push you over to, to make a decision to take someone out of harm's way or, or give someone something that you would be considered here a basic amenity.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's one powerful thing of uh, photography. It's like you can't, uh, you can't argue with it. It's a, yeah.
0: And so, um, so more of that. So I know you were young. Um, do you remember what that experience was like, um, trying to get uh, to America. And then um, for you remembering as a kid, as you got gotten older, I mean, have, have you been able to speak with your mother, uh, what it was like for her? And have you been able to sort of compare the two, uh, the two memories uh, into what that was like?
1: Uh, I I remember, you know, just how focused my mom was. I remember the day um, that I left, um, that I, I left Nicaragua because I had to wake up early. And then I just remember seeing how focused and, you know, determined my mom, my mom was because I, I couldn't imagine how lonely she felt um you know when my dad left for for nearly uh you know two yeah. years and then having that that uh, that in and then just having two boys uh to raise on their own essentially in in um in a country you know full of machismo and then civil war on top of that um and and just in really bad conditions it's like like welfare would be a luxury um you know that she didn't even have <laughs> in that, yeah. you know, in, that in, in there um so i just remember her being focused but i uh, um y- you know my 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 parents don't really talk about it so i i um y- y- you know i equate it to you know as they say in the you know if you're in the army or in the military or any or any branch if you go to mm-hmm. war they say oh you know if your your dad or whoever doesn't really talk about it you know it means mm-hmm. they actually were there you know they're not, they're not yeah yeah. So yeah that's how, uh my uh my, my my parents are and you know they shielded me from all the bad stuff going on in the crowd. I didn't, uh, even go to school there. I, I was held back a year, um, here when I came, um, because they didn't want me to go to school there because the curriculum there already was, um, was, uh, already like really heavy pro left wing uh, yeah, and yeah. American. Um, and, it, and they didn't want me to be exposed to that. Um, so I, I never went to school there. So I started kindergarten here a year uh, late at six, um, and, and, and that stuff like that. So, I mean, I do, do have the memory and, and then just, um, you know, realizing, you know, everything, you know, both of my parents went to my mom, like I, since I was around 18, so it's been for more over 20 years now, usually on uh, on my birthday, I always buy my mom flowers, you know, as a thank you. Cause yeah. I, I, um, I, I mean, just being here in the U.S. seeing how hard it is to, I don't have any children, but just seeing how hard it is to be a mom and raise mm-hmm. children and children born <laughs> here, in Syria, right? You have the yeah. luxury of like being able to go to a store and buy whatever you want, being able to get food um my mom didn't have the luxury if you weren't part at the of the communist party that was taking p- uh, powder you weren't allowed to shop at supermarkets you know you have to wait in line to uh get your, your ration or whatever you you know they, they gave you um and and you know my mom went through that you know with me uh you know i just happened not to be born in the best time yeah um, and that happened so um uh, you know, look, looking back on that, I just, I realized that and I just, uh, appreciate, uh, more than appreciate, you know, everything my, my parents went through because, uh, everything I'm able to do, um, is because of what they, they gave up. And then and, and I just find like the more personal work that I do, um, uh, like the more inward I look for, for inspiration, like, I see like the more I put myself into my work, uh, in, indirectly, uh, or, or directly sometimes. And it's, a. uh, when I could make my work sincerely uh, without, um, what I mean sincerely, when I can make it without compromise, like having restrictions of a, of a client yeah. saying it needs to look this way, or it needs to fit this box or this box, and it needs to portray this message. So that's why personal work is important for me. So when I'm able to have full creative control, I think it's an internal reflection of, of
0: ultimately of who I am. So that's interesting to me. Uh, when you're Putting yourself into projects, either directly or indirectly, do you ever come across times to where you find things out about yourself you didn't really notice before? Uh, are you ever really surprised with anything like that? I um, I, I think uh, I
1: mean generally, I want to say it happens with, with with personal personal work. Um, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, pay work. I always try to um, like put my my own my vision into it. But I, I um. I, I've reflected back on on my work, uh, personal work over time, and and I always find that uh, um that uh like in like you know, when I look inward, it reflects like internally who I am. like for example, like I think for for me, if I wait the way I look at like just even you know Nicaragua when I went back to go visit it, like i I find that it has two two very extremes like it it's um there's a, a photo that Suzanne, um I don't want to butcher her last name. I want to say Suzanne measles. She was a, uh, um, a documentary photographer, actually documented the war in Nicaragua uh, in the 80s. Um, and, and she has a, a, a photo that's like a very beautiful landscape that shows a beautiful scenery. And then like the bottom foreground of it is like the bottom of a mutilated torso uh, that you only see the jeans, but like the rest of the body's cut off. Like so it wow. shows like uh, kind of like the, like the, the two opposites, like a beauty scenery mm-hmm. and then something horrific on the bottom. And um, I find out like that's 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 you know where I'm from. That's you know the, the decade I was born in Nicaragua, yeah. um, and those like two opposites like that that are always pulling from each other. Um, like I like I, I that always makes it into my work uh, one way or another uh, indirectly. Like shooting uh, like black and white portraits. Mm this and then put them right next to something really colorful yeah yeah uh, when it's not done directly like that i um there's a, a personal book that i'm laying out with a dancer i worked with for four years uh named sasha Desolo, and um i i i photograph in every almost medium and, and like for like her book layout like i have a portrait of her um with, shot on the 8x10 camera on one side and the other one i put a black and white uh 35 millimeter you know portrait so it's almost cool. the two opposites. So i just find that like that like in one way or another i am indirectly like put in like those two opposites uh together though that's always like that i think that ongoing theme with me for for nicaragua is like that it's like very beautiful friendly people but also mm-hmm. it has a horrific history yeah um, and when i looked at nicaragua it's like a very beautiful tropical place but it's almost in conflict like to be inhabited by humans it was like the people shouldn't even be there uh, mm-hmm. so it's like that conflict there um and i just find those two opposites always kind of th- just end up finding a way in, in in my work um again if i'm allowed to to do what i what i want to do you know
0: yeah like you live through all that and then you get here to america um how was your first impressions and like were um like just going to school like how were the other school children um what how was the community around your family for like when you first arrived from what your dad was setting up to try to make uh, as comfortable as a transition as possible how was it for you uh growing up uh, after getting here
1: uh well before before even getting here i just remember i had an older brother um uh, i have Mm -hmm. older brother that's two years older than me um and then uh he just always like um who told me oh, when we get to the us we'll, we'll have this we'll have like in my mind it just built up to something oh my god so gonna be amazing there
0: so grand um,
1: yeah, yeah uh, but i always had the, the question in the back of my mind i was like um but but why but well, why they're not here you know i was like why did my dad have to leave why do we have to leave mm-hmm. you know well why is there so great and, and here it's not you know where we're from uh so that's a question i've always you know had even as a child uh coming here and then uh, um once I, I came here, it was kind of just like, um, you know, as a child and they like, I, like again, I wasn't exposed to all the, the civil war and all the violence going on. Mm-hmm. So when I got here to hear, um, you know, I was happy to, to see my dad, but I was just, it wasn't the big deal of, here. you know, with, you have freedom of speech here. And, and there. And still even right now in Nicaragua, like that same dictator that made my family flee is um, in control right now um Jesus. and i uh, actually ended up doing a story earlier this year um on families fleeing nicaragua they happen to be from nicaragua and is that same same like dictator you, you literally could get arrested for saying the wrong things for speaking up uh but the, yeah they shut down news stations and the newspapers there um and wow. uh, a lot of human rights violations are still going on uh but yeah when i came here i didn't speak a word of english um i uh sometimes would get in trouble not because mm-hmm. i wasn't paying attention or, or being disobedient it's just because I didn't understand what you know what they were asking of me <laughs> yeah. um and uh you know and it's just one of those things that like you know I, I don't want to say typical uh immigrant family but like you know getting schools take stay you know get good grades mm-hmm. uh and doing all that stuff like that so I I you know had a uh you know a a, a great childhood the best my, my dad could do and then yeah. um you know it's just we stuck together as, as, as a family and and you know and, you know, both did well in school, and then luckily, my brother—you um, know—I had the best older brother that a shy, awkward kid like me could have had, because I was always shy, awkward, and really just, you know, not outgoing or uh, or making friends easy. My brother was the opposite. Um, g- generally, again, that that uh that almost uh, that also affected the the way I, I, I shoot and and everything like that, and how I approach photography, because initially, I um I thought that to take good photographs. You would get a camera and like lens and put in some settings, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you would get cool photos. Yeah. So that was my, <laughs> my my initial idea, and so I I dove into like the technical side, um, uh, which was cool. That was just good actually, because that helped me like learn the technical side. With yeah, yeah. really photos, until I was like, oh dang, I have to interact with people and help, <laughs> right? And, yeah, and yeah. So I'm learn that, learn that
0: quickly. So would you say that you're an introverted extrovert? So you you have to, would you have to turn it on to be able to get the kind of vibe uh, and energy in return from the client? Or is it just sort of natural now, you're more of just an outgoing personality?
1: Yeah, you know, I would, I would say that I, I, you know, I find it really ironic that people um, like to um, put these labels on themselves and okay. then they, they like to stick to it. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Uh, yes, I, I was really awkward shy withdrawn. Uh, when i was a child i mean even in high school and, and in college and then obviously that photography helped me transition out of that um, yeah, yeah and uh i mean because you kind of have to because you got to interact with people uh and, and and i would say i'm no no longer like that i you know i like i do public speaking now about ph- photography and um it's something that i would have been terrified with be- before and, and now I, I look forward to it to the point where mm-hmm. like Man, I was like, if I don't have at least five hundred people, I'll be pissed. You know, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I want to stick into like a giant crowd um, yeah. and actually enjoy it. Uh, so I, I would say you, you, hopefully, you know, people evolve and um, and and you do what was best, you know, for you and, and for your situation. If you really believe in something, like you'll, 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 uh, you know, you'll pull through. And um, mm-hmm. one of the things that I I, I know that about um, uh, myself being self aware is that I know I'm very um, malleable um mm-hmm. and then so like the people around me could influence me a lot which is um it's uh okay it's a, it's a good trait to have depending on the type of people you hang around with
0: yeah yeah of this, so
1: thankfully mm-hmm. for me I uh I hang around athletes and, and people that are like really like like that perform at a high level so like that that sponges off of me um and uh and then I remember when I did the shoot with uh with Floyd Mayweather that was like the most nerve the reckoning situation I've ever been with because it's yeah, not yeah. uh, know. kind of intense um but the cool it's thing that, that happened um uh, after that shoot I don't know if I just reached a threshold where I got put in the situation so much that um after i I photographed him and this stands out to me a lot because I remember mm-hmm. he used to say that before a mega fight that he was never nervous or never worried about anything. And I was always thought like, that's a bunch of BS. I'm like, he has to get a little nervous. He has to get a, you know, somewhat, you know, uh, jitters before a fight. And I always thought he was full of it. Uh, but anyhow, um, I, when I photographed him, I was really nervous. And then after that, like, I, I just stopped getting nervous. Um, yeah, yeah, and that I was like out. shocking for me. Cause I was like, my whole time I run running in my mouth saying, Oh, he's full of crap and blah, blah, blah. And, that. and I'm like, I, I, lit, I remember after that, I, I did a public speaking gig where uh, I, like a colleague of mine years before told me, like, the most nerve-wracking thing you could do as a photo instructor and as a, as a public speaker is sh- do a live shoot on stage. And after I did that <laughs> shoot with Floyd, that's what I had. I had, well, actually, I had, like, in front of 300 photographers at Image in USA, mm-hmm. I had, a, a, you know, a, a talk and a live shoot, uh, you know, demo on stage. And uh, that was after I photographed uh, Floyd earlier that year. And um, I remember when the the person was introducing me, I wasn't even half a percent nervous. I was like so calm that I was in my mind worried that I'm like, does this mean I don't I don't care about the? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, But what what actually ended up happening to that? Since my nerves were just like completely out of the equation, I actually just started to have fun and enjoy it, uh, really cool. and that that um, helped me out a lot. And then like I stopped getting nervous for doing like anything podcast public speaking or or photo shoots and, and what that allows me to do is um i don't know enjoy, enjoy the moment more and be more present and, and that's something mm-hmm. that i, I yeah. constantly I, I i try to do is be be present and That that to me is uh can be real difficult and um but when 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 you're when you're present and you're paying attention like you could make really amazing things happen
0: 100% and i i would definitely say uh, it would be a confidence boost for anyone to be in the same room working directly hand in hand with someone who's the best in the world at something. Um, and to be able to, uh, uh, like you said, be able to be malleable and be able to sort of soak in that same kind of uh, presence around you and carry that with you going forward. I uh, Definitely, I I could see how uh, that would help me. Like for instance, um, for the shooting that I would do with clients outside of the military work, working with some top UFC fighters, they were top 10 uh, in their weight class in the world. And then there's some top influencers that would have a couple million followers. The first one or two of those, I was extremely nervous. I was was a wreck. And the thing is we weren't doing anything any different than what I would have shot in the past with someone else. But I was just nervous, I think, because of the scope of presence that they have with uh, culture. And uh, after shooting one or two of those, uh, after that, every every other one was sort of just like clockwork to where I think exactly like you said, it was I was able to be more present. I was able to provide, I think, an even better experience for the talent in front of the camera. And then that even helped uh, on the post-production side, giving uh, the work to the client. So I definitely see that's uh, the relation with that for sure. Do you um recall when? you actually started transitioning um, into finding photography as a passion or something that was going to be something you knew that you were going to pursue.
1: Uh, yes. I, you know, I, I always somewhat, I had an interest in, in photography um, when, when I was young, one of my favorite things was, you know, to get the family photos, just getting the, the role of four by sixes, you know, that, that anybody shot, I was really enjoy looking at them. And then I always, um, was interested in photography and and then I would ask my friends in high school oh how's, how's that photo class and um they would say oh man it's great but it's a lot of work <laughs> uh it's so much work and like I, I fortunately I, I listened to them so yeah, I, yeah, never, yeah. I never took a photo. I mean, no teenager
0: I was, wants to work that
1: hard. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. When I made it, so, oh, it's great, but it's a lot of work. And I was like, oh, man. So I, like, I, I, like I never uh, um, took it in high school. Uh, but then when I finished high school and I was went to college, I, I had no idea what to major in, but I, I've always loved art. As a kid, I always loved drawing, since I can remember. Um, and then I love computers, too, as well. So um, I when I went to college, I decided to combine those two and, and then do graphic design uh and then uh i went to cal state hayward here in the bay area Mm -hmm. and technically the major is an art major with an option in graphic design and when you do that major it overlaps a lot with photography yeah Uh, so i i you know since since it was going to overlap anyways and i could that could count towards my my major i took one one photo class a black and white photo class and then i absolutely loved it and then from there i just dove like like kind of you know um head first into it and absolutely just loved it
0: so how would you say has there been any kind of major influence from the graphic side of like your teachings and school um into the kind of work that you've produced maybe not now but uh probably when you were first starting I, I don't know, I guess it depends who you ask. I, uh, when I tell some people that uh, originally I was a
1: graphic design major, they usually, they, I've heard the comment before they could see it in my work uh, Mm -hmm. that is graphic. Um, And that has actually helped me out a lot because uh, um, uh, I design a lot of my own stuff, like the, uh, like, like my portfolios. Yeah. 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 Books. So in that aspect, it it helps me out uh, tremendously. And then it helped me out also um, being familiar with Photoshop and doing my own retouching and a lot, and a lot of that stuff. So that, that helped me out immensely with, with with um because with digital with the transition so when i was doing that it was um around 2004 2005 you know, when i was in college yeah. um, that was i want to say kind of a transition period but i think at that point things were already kind of already on the digital side uh but uh you know in the photography department side in, in the school they were still all about film um which which is which is great but um but uh, but again, the the graphic design helped me out to to be prepared and know Photoshop and know the digital
0: side of it a, a lot. So you're in college, and then you're dabbling more and more into photography. Uh, mm-hmm. At what point do you decide that you want to do this professionally, where you get paid? And then uh, how how do you build up your network to where you um, had some of the larger clients that you have today?
1: It, the I started uh actually in college i started shooting and then i had um a, a professor in college that was a professional wedding photographer um and that's what i well i shot everything so but i, <laughs> I sort of started shooting but i shot out yeah, um, yeah. i started shooting uh little league baseball because my brother played little league baseball that's cool. um, and that's what i had access to um mm-hmm. what do you call it and then i also shot engagement sessions and weddings and then um again i had a, a professor that shot weddings and then the, um i started second shooting for him and an and assistant that was a, definitely a learning experience because um uh, the, that particular professor used to preach oh people look best in natural light and i was all all into that all natural light and and you know and i bought that um until i worked with them uh with them you know and then i found out that they preached that just because they're extremely lazy they <laughs>
0: know, that, that there's that, some that, truth that, to that <laughs>
1: Um, and, uh, I, you know, the, 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 there is, you know married to like you know shooting what's available just available oh, like taking the lights mm-hmm. yeah it, it's got to be running gun and you, you know getting yeah in, in certain situations getting the shot it, it, getting something is better than getting nothing exactly like, you know what I mean? mm-hmm. um and, and, and but 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 weddings when you're getting paid a lot of money and you know it's planned and you know it's this it's not one of those situations uh yeah, yeah. um uh, you know all the time you know what i mean there could be situations but uh and i found that out quickly and then actually like after that i um I forgot from how I got a, a call to photograph uh, a local rapper here in the area named E-40.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah.
1: I got that call and it was like at six or seven at night and they were like, "Okay, oh, you come, you know, to the studio in Hayward and, you know, photograph them. And I remember thinking like, I don't have any lights. I don't know how to use any lights. How could I call myself a photographer? <laughs> um, and then I called a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Brandon Smith because he knew lighting. He was a college classmate of mine. And he was available. He brought his light. He came and he lit the portrait for me. He saved my behind that day. Yeah, yeah. I remember thinking after that day, never again will I rely on someone else uh, to help me out in a situation like that. And so I bought my own lights um, and then I taught myself lighting from there. And, and uh, so anyhow, like that, that's how I started learning lighting and, and okay. how important it was. But from then I was shooting everything. I was shooting you know, like engagement sessions, weddings, and then I would shoot. Uh, my brother, every little league he gave me mm-hmm. had. And then I went back to my old high school and then I wanted to originally be um, like a sports journalist like Mike Zagueras yeah. was it? like I loved his work and I wanted to shoot that. Um, and I shot like every um, J, a freshman JV and varsity football game at my old high school just to get better, not worrying about um you know, uh, trying to sell prints or anything like that it was just like you know, I, I shot it as if I was like getting hired by Sports Illustrated because that's what I wanted. That's, to do. Yeah,
0: super smart.
1: And uh, you know, you know, smart to develop your uh, your t- your technique, not 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 <laughs> so much yeah. You know, because yeah. mm-hmm. I, I rented uh, you know, I would rent the um, what do you call it um, the the you know, a 300 to uh, to eight lens and, the, and I got sports cameras and all that stuff like that. So I I, I mean I literally treated it like I was an assignment like that. And that that's how I I got better. And again, and the reason I was shooting sports and all that number one is because what I had access to is my little brother. Number two, with sports you could be with a long telephoto zoom lens, just get action and not really interact with, yeah. right? And, mm-hmm. and like uh, and doing all that. And so that that helped me out get kind of better with uh, like my, improving my photography skills. Yeah shooting the engagement sessions and weddings um, on my own and helping other people out. Um, I I just saw how important people's skills were in in those situations. Mm -hmm. So that helped me uh, improve slowly over time. I was just working on that. And then the thing that helped me out the most is like, I I stood shooting the high school stuff um, and little league stuff as much as I could. And then when I learned lighting, I started doing the portraits as if I was shooting the Nike ad campaign uh, or it's like that and just building my portfolio and, and putting that together. Uh, so that's when I was a- a- already like shooting as much as I could. I, I remember, you know, looking at Sports Illustrated and then constantly seeing, you know, uh, uh, amazing photographs by by a photographer. I'm like, man, this guy shoots like the way I want to light, but he's doing that with like action stuff. You know, is amazing work. Um, and I reached out to him, that photographer was Al Bello.
0: Okay, wow, um,
1: yeah. I saw his work in, in, uh, in Sports Illustrated from, from mm-hmm. Getty. And then, so I, I Googled them and I, um I had, um I just redesigned my website and I remember it was the website that, um you know, had a landing page where it said weddings here or sports here. Uh, and I sent it to uh, two photographers. And I think this is important to share because I sent it to one photographer that was also a sports photographer who also taught a lot of workshops, you know, and, you know, yeah. Um, came across as a mentor for like you know a lot of influence, carpers and all that. Um, And that guy was a, a, a like his response just completely pissed me off. <laughs> so I, I, I sent him, I told, him, I sent him the same email I sent Albello, and I was just like, hey, you know, I, I um, I was like, I you know, I, I love your work. Uh, I you know, redesign my website. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested in, in shooting sports. Um, you know, please let me know what you think. If there's any feedback you could give me, you know, um, I, I really appreciate it and and i was asking about sports and then um so the, the the first photographer i sent that his response was you should stick to shooting weddings because you could make more money doing that oh um, man geez. and uh and i forgot it was something like along those lines there was nothing yeah uh, he didn't mention anything about my sports work he didn't critique it and it was, it was just like
0: no well, level of encouragement to, to to for growth
1: in. What? yeah it was like you should just stick to shooting weddings because you can make more money doing that um and that really uh got under my skin because it's like i didn't ask you on your <laughs> advice how to make money i asked you on what do you what's mm-hmm. what, what did you give me feedback on on the sports work you know because yeah. that's what he taught and, and all that and then there and uh so that really lit a, a, a fire under it was me. a very
0: backhanded way of saying like you know he doesn't like you know it was a very backhanded way of not yeah showing you what you were asking for and um that's not helpful for anyone.
1: Well, not acknowledging it. Like, like even, mm-hmm. even I, I mean, even if it have came back to it or just something like, well, oh, your sports stuff is not that good. There's more, much more talent in your wedding stuff or blah, 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 uh, it, like that. That would have been more, more uh, somewhat yeah. insightful. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and yeah, I sent the same email to Albello and then he responded to it later with a phone call. Um, we spoke on the phone <laughs> for about 45 minutes. Um, it was just, oh, I'm a lot better on the phone than I am with email. Uh, he was just extremely helpful. He was just, um, oh, like, oh, you know, if you want to shoot sports, this is, uh, um, you know, if you want to reach out to, you know, at Sports Illustrator, here's the editor for ESPN. Here's the, uh, there's a company called, I, I believe it's called at the time, Icon Sports. Um, mm-hmm. not I think I remember there. that, yeah. Uh, I- Icon, if you want to shoot for them. And he uh, um, was just real helpful in giving me like those pointers. And he was like, you know what, Alexis, there- there's something there in your work. You know, it's really great. You have a good eye, You know, you know, stay with it um and then I, I stood in touch with him and i just when i was shooting new stuff i, I would send it to him um uh, and then um uh, that's when he told me about the eddie adams workshop um and and that's how i found out about it and then when i found out about it it was my last year eligible to apply um this was back in 2011 okay and uh, um well that's when i went to a workshop so yeah so this was, uh, had to have been early 2011, uh, probably around May, because it's around the deadline. Yeah, Uh-oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, and and I found that out. And then uh, um, because when I found that out, like I, I, and you know, I had Mario ask me for our portfolio, and I was like, man, it was like a last-minute thing. And I was like, man, I can't ask anyone for for advice, so I just put together my portfolio like literally last minute, and I sent it. To the <laughs> family, and thankfully, I got in. And then um, like the Eddie Adams uh, workshop was like instrumental in like shifting my. career. It was the first time I ever put my work together in a portfolio to present it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And since I was uh, uh so pushed up against the deadline, you know, to get, yeah, to yeah. Business, I, I, you know, I, I think deadlines are good for, for creatives because it suffocates all the indecision. <laughs> in and I remember yeah. just having, I'm like, dang, I was like, uh, cause when I got that email, I think it was like, it was like at seven at night on Friday, mm-hmm. um, my time. And then I'm thinking that I can't, I'm like, I need to respond to this, like, immediately I need to send my portfolio immediately so I was like I can't reach out to anybody right now like I can't reach out to Al I'm like he's in the east coast and it's like so I'm like man I sat down there and it just made me um really think of how I could present my work put it together in 20 images and I, I stuck to all sports I I stuck to you know introducing each sport with a group portrait that I did of the team that was lit in my specific way and then i would put like a a action photo and then the individual photo and then i had that i I believe for baseball basketball football and then i did boxing and then so i covered 20 images and like um and then so that's what got me in and um and later on i found out i was talking with other people that were in a workshop um like victoria will um and and other people there that like they they, want to see that in a portfolio it's important that, that you show that you have a vision and a point of view and that mm-hmm. you can do something really good like right yeah. they don't want you to see that like oh, that you're just checking off all boxes yeah. um, and that's what i i inadvertently ended up doing in my in, in, in my <laughs> portfolio that I, that I showed up um and and i just kind of did that by by i i, I don't want to say by necessity but it was just like man i gotta, gotta
0: show you yeah.
1: get the best thing in it like and i just i, I like i don't know on the on the whim or subconsciously decided like all right cool i have a group portrait of you know a baseball team a football team uh and then uh, it was baseball football and basketball and i have individual portraits and then i have actions and i was like, okay let me put these together and then i'll introduce it with the group portrait yeah and, then, and you know an individual one and then the action you know and, and, yeah, I, and yeah. I put it together and, and that actually made a, a pretty decent portfolio uh with that and then um i actually made a video about that that's on youtube That's right. uh, with myself and like four of my classmates um but uh, yeah, that, that's the first time I ever thought about presenting my work, putting it together. And then when I got in, um, it was a whole thing of like printing my actual portfolio book and then presenting it And it's the first time I ever actually had my portfolio reviewed by, by important people. Like, you know, and then your mm-hmm. comeback split was the editor. Um, and that was really career changing slash life changing on there yeah. because that, that's um, when I, I, I genuinely switched from, you know, stop shooting weddings and engagement sessions Uh, And all that stuff, and shifted more into like doing, you know, editorial work, and 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 commercial work.
0: So I would no, I'm I'm pretty amazed, and uh, I think we talked about this when we first briefly met uh, at the workshop this last October. But I think we missed each other by a year. Uh, I went in 2010 to the workshop. Oh wow! um, And so and uh, and my my team leader was actually Al. Oh, cool. Oh, uh, so I mean, it's a small world. It's it's funny to see how everything connects. But he's probably one of the most genuine human beings uh, in this industry that I've come across. To where again, it's like a complete stranger reaches out to him, and you know, it's not just like a simple one or two sentence email back. He's like, let's do a call you know let's talk about it and uh just for someone and you know as you know I'm like he's super busy like he he stays employed he's traveling around the world covering a lot of incredible moments and capturing them in very unique ways cuz for someone like him like he's he's captured everything in the normal way so now he really it's interesting to see how he pushes himself to capture stuff uh, from a perspective that you you don't even think about exists, because uh, normal photographers aren't even looking there, because they're so focused on capturing just the moment that's in front of them. But he has the ability to slow it down and see more. Um, but yeah, so that's, it's a shame, you know, we miss each other by a year. But again, it's, it's crazy to see how we can all still come together uh, in the end. And so for you, and because there's a lot of, wedding and you shot a lot of diversity a lot of different uh niche things and how do you decide what to take away from each one to where it's been beneficial to how you've navigated success now
1: um i, I think you know at uh, everything you, you know you should all dep- well, depending on on uh, everything should depending on what you want to shoot but um uh, i mean you have to realize that you know there's two things you need to know and, and and I guess I guess over time as things evolve one becomes less important than the other I would say um usually you have to have um uh, you know three things um you know you have to have a vision you have to have technique to execute that vision and then you have to have good people skills um and, and, and like those go hand in hand with everything you know so if someone's gonna hire you like you have to have people skills um the one that is kind of maybe going the way i would say technique you know like 30 years ago 40 years ago you, you had to you know lighting really well you were shooting slides yeah. right so yeah you, you couldn't guess your exposure you couldn't you you know you have to you know take it to someone who knew how to develop the the film and all that stuff now more or less like there's amazing eye tracking out of focus where hmm. you don't even got to worry about focus almost you know you could Set the cameras on auto exposure and the ISOs like with the cameras now. ISO 800 is the new 100 um, on you know on, on the camera. So like that's actually affected how I how I shoot because uh, I don't have to be blasting so much light, you know, to shoot at ISO 100 f16. Now I could be ISO 800 and shoot it at f4 and and I don't have to worry about the focus because i detect. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that helps you speed up faster. So um that to a certain extent, like you know. Technique maybe it's not that important, but it's always good to know know your craft and be knowledgeable. Um, but uh, you know, people skills are are always you know the most important thing, if, if mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and again, having a vision and the point of view, uh, I I I, I want to say that that's important. It's important to me for personal work. Um, but but at the end of the day, like the people skills is the most important thing. Uh, no, that's ever, awesome. If you see anything magazine covers or ads yeah i would say nine times out of ten you could see it. if you don't know much you could say oh wait well, that pictures mediocre you know why did that photographer get that job blah 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 this and that and, and and you know at the end of it you don't know everything that goes on behind the scenes and all and all the relationships. Yeah, exactly and, <laughs> and, and that's what a lot of people that are keyboard warriors don't know about uh, mm-hmm. uh and, and doing that to you again they're like I, and i used to be one of those people like right oh my god i yeah, cover yeah. the dog. I could have done better why blah 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 like until I shot my first cover for Sports Illustrated and I saw all the stuff I had to do now I was just like no oh, don't say anything But <laughs> <You know, laughs>
0: that's incredible Like that's incredible insight because I know um we're going to have you know future students and a lot of future applicants listen to this and it's tips like that um that are going to be pivotal and uh, pivotal and incredible for them to be able to put in their their tool bag to, uh, navigate and create success for themselves. Um, and I think I, I think something else that might be beneficial for them, if you can recall, what was it like, if you can remember, uh, when you got that call for a first big client like Nike or someone that you recognize in your mind as like, this is the I made it tier. Um, how was that?
1: Uh, well I'm still trying to make it you know but I, <laughs> I, I do remember my first uh um it was a, a call I got from Brad Smith when he assigned me my first assignment for the New York Times um and the reason why that stands out uh the most was because I um I remember when I was shooting that assignment it was in San Jose State University um and and then just like the respect I was getting mm-hmm. uh, I was lectured from the New York Times and I'm just like <laughs> like, I've never been been, been been treated like that. I'm like I'm the same guy that I've shot before that no one like said anything or cared about. Um, and, and like I, it just came with so much prestige shooting for the New York Times and so much yeah. respect. Um, and and then, so that was really cool. And I remember when I first got that assignment, it was a uh, um, I I I was super excited. It was to do portraits of um, uh, of a 90 year old uh, gentleman that taught uh judo at San Jose State. Uh, he was like responsible for like introducing judo at almost to like, I think the United States. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I spoke with Brad on the on the phone when he gave him the an assignment and he was like, oh, he has this black belt, you know, and it's got a lot of character to it. And I'm thinking like, yeah, cause he's, you know, he's he's like a 10th degree or whatever master in judo. Um, and, you know, I was thinking, oh, we'll do great portraits of him, you know, with the karate uniform and the belt and all this. And it'll be real cool. Um, and I showed up like, right, that day it was raining is in this office and he comes wearing a, a, a black suit with a blue tie. And I was like, oh, where's the bell? He's like, oh, <laughs> oh it's at my home. He's like, I don't, you know, I don't want to go get it. So I was like, okay, cool. It goes wow. out the window, everything Brad and I spoke about. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, man, and, and like, you know, again, knowing lighting was really well, uh, not because like, it was indoors. I couldn't even take him out. It was raining in like an uh, office uh, you know, with not a lot of, like a lot of boxes and not a lot of rooms. So I had to make that work, and then um, doing my my research for uh, for him because uh, portraiture uh, you have to you have to be self aware who of how you are and how you interact with people because mm-hmm. there's a lot of portrait photographers that are really well known that say they don't want to know anything about who they photograph because they they like that in, interaction you know uh, to be yeah. sincere and, and and all that um, f- for me. Um, I would say at least back then when I did it, that that didn't necessarily work for me. Like I had like to know everything about the person, uh, about them. So I do my research, I do my homework, um, and, and and you know like to know everything, what they like to eat, you know, would what, what they have a dog? If they're divorced, <laughs> uh, so I know what to avoid and not to ask. You know, if they have kids and all that stuff. Like because um, usually it could be a short interaction, just ten minutes. So you yeah, want to yeah. you want to have something that you could uh, conversate okay. about and then and, and then find common ground on. So with him, I did all my research um, and that just became imperative to making that a good portrait of him. Um, and if I didn't do that homework on my end, like photo with the attitude, like some of these portrait photographers say, uh, oh, I don't like to know anything about it. That would have been a crash and burn for me. Uh, so like that really helped me out and, and, and pretty much, um, uh, like I, I wanna say it was the springboard to help my career cause that went mm-hmm. well. And then, so that led to more assignments for the New York times. And I stood in touch with Brad. The, the important thing is like things went well at the New York Times with Brad. I stood in touch with, I reached out to him before the workshop. asking him questions of like what to leave behind. And he ended up calling me and telling me what it was. Um, and then during the workshop, you know, it went really well. And then I stood in touch with him, um, literally like calling him in November just to say, oh, you know, have a happy Thanksgiving. It was great, you know, meeting you at the, you know, at the workshop, I stood in touch with him and he finally gave me an assignment that went well, gave me another one, that one went well. And then uh, um, I get an email from him saying, uh, "Hey, I just want to let you know I'm leaving the New York Times to be the director of photography at Sports Illustrated, and I look forward to mm-hmm. continuing on our working relationship." And that's how I ended up shooting six covers for 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 Sports Illustrated.
0: That's really um, cool.
1: And then, so it's staying in touch and and um, uh, taking people up on 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 what they offer you because it's like even with that, like right, I was um had that relationship with Brad because of the workshop. Yeah, the, the way um. I ended up going to meeting him at Sports Illustrated, was that on Instagram, he posted a photo of the entrance and uh, it was really nice, the photo of the entrance of Sports Illustrated. Uh, and I comment on it, that's an epic entrance. And then uh, he responded, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, on IG, he responded uh, to my comment. Yeah, waiting for you to come visit. I don't yeah, know oh, if he wow. was serious <laughs> or not. When I, when I saw that comment, what I did yeah. is I went online, Mm-hmm. Uh, and I booked a flight to New York the following month oh, wow. for a period of two weeks. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I didn't even know where I was staying. And then I just emailed <laughs> him the next day. Oh, you know, as a matter of fact, Brad, I'm going to New York next month from this day to this day, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'd love to come see you. And then, uh, yeah. he, oh, uh, 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 he's like, oh, of course. Great. And then, um, I'm glad I booked it for like nearly two weeks because, um, he ended up rescheduling my meeting to like the oh, second wow. last day I was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but generally when I, when I, when, when I went there and I met him there, he greeted me with a hug, mm-hmm. uh, we caught up for like five minutes maybe. And then yeah. he sent all letters one by one to, uh, meet me and then view my portfolio.
0: That's really cool. He, I, uh, yeah, cause he was, uh, with Al like on the team back mm-hmm. in 2010. And so, uh, but the thing is like, after I left the workshop, I sort of went off on my military path for a while and um, I didn't have as much as a connection to the workshop because of the Air Force and the demands of that. But there, uh, time goes forward, there's a big workshop that the DOD, the Department of Defense, has for all military members every year. And we bring in a lot of outside leaders in the industry and experts to come teach a lot of the military members so uh, they can get exposed to a level of education and experience that we are not necessarily gonna get internally. And so this year, I think I think it was like 2018, maybe, um, we we're hosting the workshop in Alaska. And so I go up there. In the past, I've been paired with Manny Garcia, which is an incredible uh, photojournalist, um, a lot of iconic photo. He shot the Obama uh, portrait that the artist uh, ripped off and made into the the Hope poster. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I got a side story for you. Yeah. Sometime after this to share with that, that's an incredible story on its own. But so I was paired up with him the last couple of years and then I get to Alaska and then I'm not sure who I'm going to be paired with because with the team leader for me to support and then in walks Brad. In the middle of Anchorage, Alaska. And they're like, oh, this is going to be, you know, you're going to be on Brad's team. And it was like uh, an incredible reunion because he remembered me. I didn't think he was going to, because I mean, he's a super busy guy, he's exposed to a lot of students every year. And uh, to be able to reconnect like that, like we haven't missed a beat, uh, again, is a testament to how incredible and what kind of person that he is. And uh, to hear that, you know, with other stories, with other people too, uh, it just makes me feel special that I've been able to have the kind of relationship with him and again, other people, you know, from the workshop. And I think that to me, and I continue to see a pattern uh, with the workshop of just really incredible people that they bring in to be associated with it, uh, because th- that's really what the community is, is everyone wants to support everyone, even in a world to where uh, jobs can be competitive. Um, it, it can be challenging. But uh, when you're at the Eddie Adams workshop, a lot of editors or even photographer peers and friends uh, will will open doors for you to help you succeed. Uh, and again, it's, it's it's great to hear the the pattern about this again and again and again.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's uh, um, you know, it's certainly, I mean, the best aspect of the workshop is uh, the net networking and the relationships you make.
0: Why would you consider it important for young photographers today or young professionals um, to attend the workshop?
1: Well, you know, for me, I, I uh, you know, the ironic thing for me is like I had never heard of the Indiana's workshop until Albella told me. So I didn't know what it was. I had no idea of, like, the, uh, I don't want to say the the prestige that it has, but, like, the, you know, the the big deal that it is to get accepted into it. And um, for me, at least when I was here in my area in California, like, I felt like I was on my own and nobody really help me or anything like that because it was just like that other photographer that i said earlier right i send them my work what do you think of my sports stuff his response was like oh stick to shooting one is you'll make more more money like that so it's kind of like that's the kind of experience that i had with other photographers they wouldn't really help me directly what i was asking oh, I, oh like do this instead or, or like that instead um so i kind of felt like it was on my own and then with the eddie adams workshop it was, i was just so um blown away by how everybody was there to to like help you and give them mm-hmm. back yeah. And, and genuinely like cared about you i was like in awe i'm blown away by that uh, um and like so i mean to this day when i came back and i in and, and, and i would tell everybody who'd listen to me about the workshop i'm like oh my god did you know about this workshop and well, <laughs> time, because i was like it was so great i'm so thankful for uh for Miriam, for Alyssa adams and everyone that puts it together and everybody that volunteers yeah uh, and they and they do it so like that uh that is why i think you know um you know, students should, should, to take it and apply because it, it's people genuinely wanted to help you and, and, and care about you and, and, and then it, it literally could be a career and life changing um you know and it, and it was for for me so i mm-hmm. i think um and you have nothing to lose to if you apply because right. it's just free to attend you know you gotta just yeah. pay your flying your room and board um mm-hmm. like that's it. what you have to do with anything else you know uh that you got to travel so that that uh that is number one. Number two is just like the relationship that, that you make. It's just like, uh, like, w- like where else? How was, you know, am I going to have for me when I went like to have a, the editor from the New York Times there? You know what I mean? I made connections to with the LA Times too. like, with, not off to Sports Illustrated, you know, with ESPN. Uh, it, it was, um. You know, I think how how Eddie Adams himself described it. It was like taking four years off your career, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, networking yeah. of uh, um, not working in four years done in four days. Um, and and you know, you get you, ultimately you get out what you put into it. So you have to go in mm-hmm. with a good attitude uh, and, and and connect with people. And um, I I will say uh, this again, going back to me being malleable and learning from from athletes and seeing. Uh, stuff one of the things that really helped me out a lot is a uh, um i need to make a video of this is like what i learned from from being around in the an in, in olympic gold medalist and, and boxing world champion for 10 years which is Andre Ward. and yeah. one of the things i picked up from him is uh he's a real um you know people who know Andre, Andre Ward, he's really uh his, his nickname is sog son of god so he's really religious and he's real respectful um and when you're an athlete you, you you get questions that are, are are not you know um so uh respectful you know uh, and then uh, yeah. um, let's try to get a reaction out of you know and i've uh, over time I just saw him handling media like that and I just saw how he handled it you know with class and wouldn't go down to that level uh on that reporter you know like like you know and when he didn't do that you know he would kind of just leave the reporter strung out and then the reporter will just look like a jerk instead yeah, of yeah. Some, seeing I've seen some other athletes when they just, you know, end up going back and forth with a reporter and it just like, doesn't look good. They end up mm-hmm. looking like schools yeah. kids. Uh, and, and the reason why I'm saying that uh, on, on the workshop is uh, I, I've said this before in a, in in a video, it's like my last portfolio review that I had uh, at the Ariana's workshop, I got reviewed by 10 people. I was, you know, my goal was to take it around to as many people as I could. And everybody had fairly, you know, Great feedback and respectful, but my last review happened to be with a with a Pulitzer Prize winning editor, and uh, um this guy I don't know if he was just on one or in a mood or, or or just trying to get a reaction out of me, but he was just a complete jerk uh from the get go when he opened up like my portfolio book. Yeah, uh, his first question to me, well um, uh, do you own a light meter?" But like in the most like Jeez, arrogant, yeah. way, like right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my, my work, my portfolio, like that, one of the things that stands out the most is the lighting in my work. Uh, so he asked me that, and like, I immediately, like, I, I just, I was thinking, I was like, yes. And I'm like, wait, no, I, I don't. Cause you know, but I just said yes to just out of reaction cause it caught me off guard. Yeah, yeah. And he was just like, well, you need to get one. Cause your lighting's all wrong. Like this shouldn't be here. Like, he was just drilling into the work, but like in the most condescending. Um, Not a no, uh,
0: like, way. It wasn't there realize. to help build you up. It was just there to criticize you. Um, and not benefit you, you know? And yeah, and I I get passionate about this. I know I spoke with Janiqua on the last episode is like, I feel like that's an old dated traditionalist mindset for uh, photo and portfolio reviewing to where in, in the past, it would be you come out wearing it as like a badge of honor that I got my stuff torn up and criticized. And you didn't necessarily concern if it was constructive in a way to where it benefited you. You just know that you survived this, Uh, photo reviewer and editor that you know is tough and um that you came out again just not crying and not shedding a tear and now today and as culture has shifted those kinds of things are you know not they're not necessarily it's uncalled for and it's almost you're uninvited uh because it's not at the end of the day you're not actually doing what you're there to do which is to help that person grow uh and and elevate themselves
1: yeah i i heard uh Another photographer told me that um, some editors uh, would do that to see if they could make somebody cry, and if they made them cry, it would be like mm-hmm. their, I guess, their badge of honor. But uh, so anyhow, like this was my last review when I went there, and then he was just completely like that, and I'm just like, I, I, I don't know if he was trying to get a, a reaction out of me or, or just to get me to argue and fight, but uh, taking back a page from. From Andre Ward and seeing how he handled like reporters that were, that were like jerks to him I, I took a page out of, his, out, of, out of his book and instead of like arguing with him and saying oh like this should be the I, I I simply responded by like um I understand that I'm a work in progress that's why I'm sitting on the side of the table and you're there you know any feedback you want to give me you know I, I greatly appreciate it wow. um <laughs> and when I, I, I responded like that um it like it took him back Oh yeah, uh, I, I guess uh, like because he was, I think he was looking or, or waiting for me to argue or for a fight, mm. and when I said that to him, uh, again it caught him off guard, and uh, so that's how a portfolio review started, and then after I said that to him, you know, he just went over like he went over the the, the book twice, um, and then when he went over it, you know, like towards the end of the portfolio. He was just like, uh, uh, oh, God, like, like, you must be getting a ton of money doing these, you know, these portraits and stuff like that, blah, you know, blah, blah. And then so the, the biggest takeaway that, that I, I learned from that is that mm-hmm. um, that was a physical printed portfolio. And I still show my work like that. But in the beginning of that, right, and then towards the end, right, the portfolio book was exactly the same. Like nothing changed in that portfolio book. Right. And then he started off being a condescending jerk. And he ended up complimenting me that I was making a ton of money because how, how good the work looks. The only thing that's changed in the beginning to the end in those 20 minutes was his perception of me, right? So yeah, that's one yeah. of the, the, the biggest things that I, I, um, you know, uh, that I took away from that. And the way people perceive you um, mm-hmm. is one of the most important things. And, and yeah. I think that's clearly like, right? In this situation, that's much more important than the actual work itself, right? Because that, that work never changed just the way I responded to him and again that's because me I like I saw how Andre over time and time like handled the situations and that you know ended up working you know uh better for me uh ended up working to my benefit you know learning that from him so that's that's something that's that's extremely important because like again at the work center and and I wanted to pick a fight with him like that probably that would have been a fight that I never would have won right (laughs) Right. exactly yeah going Mm -hmm. back there but I, I I did that and then I guess Uh,
0: yeah to sit back and and again your comment itself completely disarmed them to where there was no ammunition to continue to do that because like you said like a reporter they'd end up just being an asshole and at the end of the day the workshop you know wouldn't tolerate that to where it's you know at that point it would almost be with malicious intent um and and again, like, I, I, with the theme of what you're sharing, especially with uh, young professionals listening to this, students, uh, future applicants, the, of being able to connect with people, being able to recognize and and navigate relationships with the person in front of you is ultimately going to de- determine your success or failure, again, in, in a specific situation like that one, or future job opportunities. And uh, I, I think uh, that's, I wasn't expecting that as like a tip today, but even for myself, it's it's refreshing to hear, to be able to reapply. And I share with my young photographers that I have at work and uh, they let them know, hey, it's not always about the best gear. It's not always about the technical understanding of the camera is that if you can't connect, you know, with that person in front of you and navigate that, regardless if it's an E1 or if it's a four-star general, you know, you have to be able to navigate that with confidence and reassurance to where you're giving off where you can be present Uh, and help give the best experience so you could come away with the best product um
1: yeah the you know the biggest thing with with, with portfolio reviews um and and again this goes back to like that i've learned the hard way over time your interpersonal skills which is more important and like um you you know a lot of a lot of young photographers um or even older photographers again think that it's all about the work and they focus on the portfolio and the print and everything like that but it's like uh uh a lot of the stuff that you're being judged on, and, and I do this too, um, mm-hmm. when I want to work with, uh, on personal work, when I want to work with a, uh, with a new dancer, with a new t- talent or whoever, an athlete, I, the most important thing to me is to meet them in person and just see how they're like being talked to, to see how they respond and to see mm-hmm. how I interact with them. And, you know, when you're in a portfolio review, you're, you're being judged on that too, you know, and like that, you know, what, what he's saying, like with that, that, editor that you know I, I could say oh he's coming across being a jerk or anything like that but it, it, i mean it could be you know to give him the benefit of the doubt just someone testing you to see how you react to a, a, yeah. a situation like that and uh one of the the best advice uh, that i got um uh, from a, a editor that used to be a sports illustrator george washington that was that was his actual name george washington I don't <laughs> know, really... but i met him oh, because of brad and then george was super uh helpful like he told me anytime you're in new york uh, I'm happy to, you know, talk to you about anything. And I took him up on that. Like I would sit in in the Sports Illustrated office, talk to him for hours every time I went. And uh, one of the things that um, he helped me understand a lot was a number of things. But was, um, number one, he explained to me why in Sports Illustrated, you know, they have you shoot everything in RAW plus small JPEG. And then they'd want to see the entire take on jpeg mm-hmm. like your outtakes like every, even yeah. your misfires like they want to see everything And a lot of photographers are against that they're like oh no, no no i'm only going to show you the best work but like to me like he he explained that to me it's like hey like we want to know what your thought process was yeah. we want to see if you tried something even if it didn't work what you were going for and yeah. what you're looking for and also like we need to it helps to see your entire shoot because like you know the, the creative directors here the writers there and you know when you shoot like you don't know how the story could change. You, you know, might've told you that we need three vertical portraits, but you know, something might change and we need a, you know, a double page spread and we need to go horizontal one. So uh, it's good for us to see the whole take. And that got me comfortable with like, whenever I shoot, like I have no problem showing someone the entire take uh, and doing all that. But the, the reason why I'm bringing that up was not because of that, but um, uh, is because he literally told me, he goes, one of the things, the biggest decision to the magazine was when they were hiring a photographer that their portfolio book was just one fraction of what makes them decide to hire that photographer. Um, and then for an example he gave me, it was like, um, it, I might get a little explicit here because he was straightforward. He <laughs> um, was like, for example, if, if I had to hire someone to shoot uh, like X, Y, and Z person, mm-hmm. and I know that person is a fucking asshole, right? <laughs> the photographer I'm gonna send, yeah. I'm gonna send X, Y, and C photographer, because I know that photographer is a bulldog. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be able to get that portrait that I need to get, you know, yeah, and not yeah. be not be put off by that that person doesn't that's, that's an asshole. Yeah, right. Yeah. So at that point, right, that personality of the photographer that you give off in the portfolio review, right? That you give off if a, an editor is telling you like you your work is cut, blah, 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 blah. And if you could handle that, deflected it, you know, and still come across like that, like that you're showing that personality of what you can handle right? So that's incredible. That. Versus just like, Oh, look at how pretty my work looks and all that yeah. it's some beautiful mm-hmm. work. But someone says that and you break down and you get emotional, right? That editor is not going to send you to go work with somebody that's like, you know, like, like that, that has that strong personality. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? So, right? yeah. that, that's one thing to, to uh, keep in mind too, as well. Like, um, like, like everything. And again, I, I, I do that too. Right. And, and I look back at things I do, like you could, you could s- you could say some of the stuff that I could do. Like if I did it on purpose, I could come across as a jerk, but like some stuff that I do indirectly, like mm-hmm. if you really want to see someone, how it reacts, right. And you want to catch them off guard, like, right. If you're working with the new talent and again, I wouldn't do this like on, in a situation where it's a, a, a paid talent or something really important, but like, if it's like, uh, you know, personal work and it's a test shoe or you're planning a test shoot and you really want to test how that person is going to react like, right give them that location and say, hey, let's meet up at a, um, you know, if I was working on you, I'd be like, hey, 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 Chris, are you here in the barrier? You want to work with me? Or like, all right, cool, let's meet up at this restaurant, you know, at, at 11 o'clock, right? And, you know, and there's a few things that could happen, right? I could just give you that restaurant, or I could give you a restaurant or a location that I know has been closed for five years, right? <laughs> so I could, so that way, I could see how you react,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: And how, how you adapt to change. Yeah. Where something like that happens right Right. Cause some people will panic and yeah. be like yeah. oh my god mm-hmm. blah 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 right or if it's someone that like you know if you're someone that's on it the day of or even before they'll say hey i looked the place up it seems like it's out of business are you sure that's the right place you're like oh okay cool that mm-hmm. person comes up and gets their stuff ready right for yeah. uh, yeah. someone that doesn't look it up last minute and they will panic and they'll be like, "What? What are you talking about, man? This was blah, blah blah." Like that's gonna let you know, right? If you're in a video shoot or a production or anything high high pressure, when it hits the fan, that person's gonna panic that way.
0: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm.
1: So just know when you're a portfolio, and you're doing that. Like you're being judged on all of that, not just your portfolio book.
0: That's incredible. No, that that's amazing, and uh, definitely for everyone listening to this definitely put that in your back pocket, hold on to that and use that when you're tested in the future so you can come out on the successful side. Um, And so last question. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's one of my favorite because I get to see a little bit more of how everyone um, is inspired and and what what they're into personally. And so what is your, or do you even have a favorite photo? And again, it doesn't have to be necessarily, it can be taken by you or it could be a photo that someone else took um it could be a photo you know again that your mom took at a at a birthday party or something like that but do you have uh that you can think of a favorite photo
1: yeah i i don't know if it's a favorite um a photo but i would say is i i i don't want to call them my favorite subject because they're not a subject i would say my favorite person that has helped me uh grow so much creatively um and, and that is a, a dancer I've been working with for four years. I'm going in my fifth year now. Um, and she's a principal for San Francisco Ballet. Her name is Sasha DeSolo. Um, and I know that uh, uh, generally when you're working with somebody, it's your job to make them feel comfortable and safe, you know, in front of the camera. Yeah. Uh, working with her uh, is actually the the other way around. She makes me feel comfortable uh, pushing myself creatively. and, and to push myself to the point of failure, failure, um, and she's helped me um, just elevate myself creatively and finding, you know, my uh, refining my my creative process, and um, it, it, you know, she's just an amazing person. She, um, it, it, you know, I want to say she's like five seven five six, mm-hmm. but I like to say she's the loudest person in the room without saying a word, <laughs> yeah. uh, without the, saying a single word. Um, she demands excellent without excellent. She demands excellence without mm-hmm. requesting it, just because how how much That's she works. Um, she's like one of the like the best, uh, if not the best, you know, ballerina in, you know in the Bay Area, if not the entire U.S. And um, she uh, she's helped me grow so much. So I would say um, my entire body of work with with her and and just my experience in working with her uh, has been an absolute blessing like she's helped me grow create not just creatively but as a person and wanting to be a better person and pushing myself creatively um and uh you know it's kind of given me the um um the you you know the, the extra push of doing things that I've always wanted to do my entire career that I haven't done it which is you know um, making a photo book um, that I've been working with her for four years and and uh, it's gonna probably go into fifty uh to you know, <laughs> five years um because we're not done with it yet and then but giving me the 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 um uh, I, I again, just making me uh do stuff that I always wanted to that I just never done, like you know, uh, going out and wanting to do exhibitions of my work and having the yeah. display showed uh I, like she's helped me grow so much as a as a as not just again, a creative but mm-hmm. as a uh but as as a person too and then and then ballet it, it's just been uh for me such a gift because it's um it's so many different things combined um because it's you know it's not being an athlete in the traditional in the traditional sense Mm -hmm. but it requires it requires you to be extremely athletic it also you know is acting but not in the traditional sense and it requires transformation so it requires all those things. So when when you work with someone and someone as as talented, you know, um, and as accomplished as Sasha, uh, it, it's just nurtured me um, so much, you know, creatively and as a person. And so I would say any 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 work that I've done with her,
0: that's really cool. And I think that's the the first response um, that I've heard uh, that I can recall where it's the connection with an individual when working with them that have such a profound impact and. Um, Again, Neil, thank you. That's really awesome. And thank you for sharing because that it helps me to reflect even what inspires myself and how I'm connecting to work that uh, as I mature and as I get older, I'm sort of uh, finding connections to different kinds of photography or things that I didn't think of uh, before or in the past when I was younger. So, But with that, uh, I want to thank you and uh, sharing your time today. Uh, We learned a lot. I know the I know the community is going to be excited to hear this. Um, And one final shout out. Is there anything that you want to share with the community um, before we close today?
1: Yes, I would say, you know, find out or, you you know, figure out, you know, what's most important to you and will bring you the most fulfillment. Um, And you need you need to figure that out. Uh, You know, that's something that you have to figure out for yourself. Mm -hmm. and and i think you know once you figure that out it doesn't have to be you know don't tie that into making money Mm -hmm. um because it's you know fulfillment um I, i think um failing on your own terms in my opinion is ultimate success right um because you didn't leave anything behind and you know succeeding um when you compromise yourself or your vision that's ultimate fail- failure you know so yeah. you need to figure out what brings you fulfillment and what's important to you mm-hmm. uh and and go after that and if that um it means that you're you're doing it on your own time after you do your paid work and, and your assignments and, and your job like so be it but like just don't let don't um just be chasing money or, or pursuing money it's, it's important um but but just just keep in mind find something that uh, um that uh, uh excites you so much well you would, would wake up at 4 a.m before your alarm goes off and you would put in 12 hours and after those 12 hours you still want to work four more hours because you're so excited at what you did that's so beautiful. if you could find something like that like right, right. pursue that because that, that's what's going to fuel you and, and keep you going awesome. more than more than money more than <laughs> popularity more than anything so
0: i couldn't have said it better myself uh, but awesome thank you alexis uh and Um, I hope to uh, be hearing from you soon. I'll definitely keep tabs on all the future adventures you, you have. I know you're doing some amazing stuff tomorrow, but again, thank you for being here.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me.